welcome to another episode of the Global Storytime Podcast, where every two weeks I bring you a folktale from a different country or culture so that we can get to know it better. I'm your host, Diane Strand. This week, we're going to the American South. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know I like to share the history, food, language, and culture, and so much more about the country that I feature in that episode. But since this week's story originated by a specific population in a specific region of the United States, I want to introduce you to a community and culture called the Gullah Geechee. The Gullah Geechee is a community and culture that descended from African slaves, and it is still a strong and vibrant community in the Carolinas and Georgia today. To start learning about the Gullah Geechee, let's spell it first, because I know that spelling can help my brain grasp onto something new, and then also later, if you're so inclined to do a little Googling of your own, then you know what to type into the search box. So Gullah is G-U-L-L-A-H, and Geechee is G-E-E-C-H-E-E. The exact origins of the names Gala and Geechee is unclear, and there are a lot of different theories. Some researchers believe that Gala is based off of Angola, which is a country in southwest Africa. Others think that it comes from the Gola ethnic group from Sierra Leone in West Africa, or it's from the group Deulas, who are also from Sierra Leone in Liberia, and some people pronounce it as Guala. Still, some say that it could be derived from a Spanish or Native American word because, of course, those people lived in that area too. Geechee may have come from the Kisi tribe, also from Sierra Leone, or it may also be a Native American word from the Muscogee tribe who also likely named the Ogeechee River in Georgia. An FYI, and I guess this entire episode and the whole point of my show is an FYI, but Gullah usually refers to the community in the Carolinas, and Geechee refers to the community in Georgia, but I'll be saying Gullah Geechee to include everyone. Okay, now let's look for the Gullah Geechee on a map. Historically, the Gullah Geechee region extended from around Cape Fear on North Carolina's coast, and then south to around Jacksonville on Florida's coast which is a length of about 400 miles. Today, the community has a strong presence on the islands of the coast of South Carolina and Georgia. And on St. John's Island in South Carolina, you can find the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Corridor, which was established as a National Heritage Center by the U.S. Congress in 2006. It serves as a community center that offers a lot of programs focused on history, storytelling, and art to help preserve the culture. And now for a quick history of the Gullah Geechee. I already mentioned that the Gullah Geechee culture was created by enslaved people who were brought to the U.S. from Central and West Africa. According to the Port of Charleston records, the African ship to the port came from Angola at 39%, Senegal and Gambia at 20%, Sierra Leone at 17%, Ghana at 13%, and Benin and Nigeria at a combined 5%. Many of these people were highly skilled rice farmers, and once it was discovered that rice can grow well on the South Atlantic coast, these African communities were sought out to grow rice for Americans. Because these plantations were far from growing cities and were on islands, these slave encampments were isolated and had very little interaction with the white population in the South. Often white families would leave the area in the spring and the summer to avoid outbreaks of malaria and yellow fever that regularly occurred during those seasons at the time. 
This allowed slaves to retain some African culture, like language, music, art, and food, which was normally not allowed on plantations further inland. During the Civil War, plantation owners abandoned their land, and the Union Army moved in. The Gullah Geechee, of course, welcomed the Union Army as their presence meant freedom. In fact, the slaves on the sea islands of Georgia were the first group in the South to gain their freedom, long before the Civil War was over. These newly free people were eager to support the Union Army and joined right away. After the Civil War, rice plantations on the coast slowly stopped operating and white families moved away. And while many freed black people moved too, a core Gullah Geechee community remained on the coastal islands and their isolation allowed their culture to take roots and flourish even more. And now I would like to talk about the language of the Gullah Geechee. The Gullah Geechee language is a unique Creole language that is still spoken today in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And a Creole language, if you're uncertain of what that means, is like a hybrid or mishmash of simplified forms of different languages. So for the Gullah Geechee language, the base language is simplified English, but it also includes words and grammar from many African languages. It began as an easier form of communication among people who spoke many different languages, including European slave traders, slave owners, and diverse African ethnic groups. It is the only distinctly African Creole language in the United States, and it has influenced traditional Southern vocabulary and speech patterns. Today, there are roughly 5,000 Gullah Geechee speakers, and the language has changed over time, losing some of its African words, but it is still considered a distinct Creole language. There is even an edition of the Bible that has been translated into Gullah Geechee, and in 2017, Harvard University began offering Gullah Geechee as a language class in its African language program, which is so awesome. I love any and all efforts to keep languages alive. And of course, over the last 300 years, some Gala words have made their way into English, like okra, which is derived from the Ghanaian twi word enkru. And the word goober, which you might know is another name for peanut, comes from the Kinkongo word nguba. I also want to mention the art that the Gullah Geechee is known for, and that of course also has roots in traditional African art. This includes beautiful and intricately braided grass baskets and woven cloth that is similar to Ghana's famous kente cloth. Music is also a very important part of Gullah Geechee culture and has had a very significant influence on gospel, blues, and soul music. And those styles of music later gave birth to rock and roll and folk music. For example, the song Kumbaya is a spiritual song that means come by here. Can you kind of hear the words come by here when you say the Gullah Geechee word Kumbaya? Kumbaya, come by here. Anyways. I know we all think of the song Kumbaya as something that you might sing around a campfire and it's supposed to represent people coming together peacefully, but if you listen to the lyrics, it's really a cry to God to come by here and relieve black people from the torment of slavery and later Jim Crow laws. I think one of the biggest contributions that the Gullah Geechee has made to the U.S. and especially the South is food. As mentioned, the ancestors of the Gullah Geechee were rice farmers. And because of their skilled labor, rice was grown and made popular in the U.S. So dishes like red beans and rice, red rice, which is similar to West African jollof rice, and jambalaya are dishes that we still eat today and come from the tradition of growing rice. Foods like yams, okra, peas, sesame seeds, and watermelon were brought from West Africa and now are commonly eaten by most Americans. 
Galagichi Geechee Cuisine is also known for fresh seafood like crab, shrimp, and fish. If you have the streaming service Hulu, I suggest you check out Padma Lakshmi's show, Taste the Nation, where in episode 4, called The Gala Way, she meets with Gala Geechee chefs and makes traditional dishes. It's a great episode, and a great show for that matter, but I will say that it doesn't always have kid-friendly language, so watch out for that. And like usual, I would like to end this episode with a fun fact. This episode's fun fact is that there are very famous Americans with Gala Geechee roots that you've probably heard of before, like Michelle Obama and the comedian Chris Rock. They both have family that are from the Gala Geechee community. And former Supreme Court Judge Clarice Thomas grew up in it. In fact, his first language was Galagichi. And that is it for this episode of Let's Learn About the Galagichi. I hope this was a good introduction if you are unfamiliar with these communities, or that you learned something new if you are already familiar with them. If you want to hear more examples of the Galagichi language, or watch people cook Galagichi cuisine, I highly encourage you to search for Galagichi on YouTube. There are a lot of really awesome videos out there. If you haven't listened to the story The Lion and the Well that goes with this episode, go give it a listen. It's episode 12a. Of course, if you want even more information about the Galagichi or any of the cultures or countries that I highlight, follow the pod on Facebook or Instagram at Global Storytime Podcast. You can always email me at globalstorytimepodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a few seconds, please rate or review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in again in two weeks when we head to Ireland. I've been your host, Diane Strand. Until next time, bye.